Hello and welcome to Finding Truth Matters with Dr. Andrew Corbett. Thanks for tuning in. You see, grace can work with, but I can't. There's not much grace can do when the response is, I won't. Do you know that the greatest power you have is choice? God has always given us a choice and he gave the Hebrew nation the same choice. And it reads something like, if you will not listen to me, I will make this city a curse for all the nations. We can choose to be enslaved or we can choose to be set free. It's all in the if. If can change everything. Discover how as we join Dr. Corbett now. Jeremiah the prophet who wept. Again, this young boy, 12, 13 years of age. Amazing, just incredible. Can you imagine at the coronation of the queen in Westminster Abbey as the queen's about to be coronated, a 12-year-old boy steps into the aisle and says, Thus says the Lord, amend your ways. Because that's what Jeremiah did. He spoke to four kings as a young boy. Josiah, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin and Zedekiah. And now he's recapping some of the statements that he made to each of the kings of Israel. And we are now addressing, well, you'll pick it up. We're addressing Jehoiakim. So this is the second king that Jeremiah had shared with. And this section, these, these, just these six verses, depending on your translation, the word if is going to be used either once or twice, but it's, it's definitely there. Uh, at least in two sentiment forms, if not literally there. And it's this point, if changes everything. If changes everything. Uh, we, we know the word if, is, it's just two letters, it's just really small. If. But it absolutely changes everything, depending on how you respond to the if. Dr. Sands bought me an entire book called Iferisms. (laughs) And it's these profound statements that include the word if and give you alternate consequences on on if you do this or if you do this. Can you imagine that? Iferisms. The world ponders the power of an if. If. And without wanting to get to the conclusion before I've made my introduction, I, I I, I, I want you to wonder with me what it would be like in, in, in the horrible scenario if you get toward the end of your life and there you are taking your final gasps of breath and these words, these horrible, horrible words come out of your mouth and I've been beside, literally beside the deathbed of people and heard them say things like this and it can be horrible but let me share with you this horrible picture imagine there you are the final gasps of breath you're taking and you know your life is slipping everything's beginning to fade and and you you begin to say this if only i if only i had you can complete the blank you know what the blanks are where people began to look back and realise they had an if moment. An if moment. If changes everything. So let's have a look at the opening verse of this chapter. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah. So now we, you've got the point. Josiah was a king, Jehoiakim, son of Josiah. 
king of Judah. So he began to reign when he was about 18. Some translations render that eight, but he was more likely about 18 years of age. This word came from the Lord. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house. I'm going to come to that in a moment because that's a big deal. This is like stepping out in the aisle at Westminster Abbey. This is like during the coronation service. This is like they're about to bounce the ball at the AFL grand final. And some kid goes, excuse me, before you start, can I just have everyone's attention? Just want you to hold that thought for a moment. And speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord. All the words that I command you to speak to them, do not hold back a word. All right, so I want you to ponder a couple of things here. There's a few things. He's got to stand in the court, so I want you to notice where he is. I want you to notice it's when he's doing it. When he's doing it is when everybody was required to come to the temple. So this is all the cities of Judah coming. They are all gathering. This is the assembly. They are assembling. And you know that word assemble doesn't mean just mob. It doesn't mean gather. It doesn't just mean hang out. It means a come and come to attention because something important is about to happen. So I want you to see those couple of things. And then I want you to also see that he was commanded by God to deliver all of the word of the Lord. All of it. All right, so let's ponder these, these things. God called Jeremiah to communicate the word effectively. I want to be savvy, and I want us to be savvy about how we share God's word. God didn't want his word, his message, just tucked away somewhere. He didn't want it just, you know, shared under a, under a table, sort of. But Jesus said, I want you to be a light on a hill. I want you to be a burning lamp. No one puts a burning lamp under a table. You put it on a table. It lights up the whole room there. Apart from if you put it under the table, it will burn the tablecloth. But you want, you want the light on the hill as a beacon. Well, we want to be like the 12-year-old kid stepping out in the aisle and saying, Excuse me, thus says the Lord, amend your ways, rend your heart and come back to God. Then God will relent. But if you will not... <laughs> Here we go. Don't say it, Jeremiah. Then there will come sword. Oh, he said it. Famine. Oh, no, stop. And pestilence. Jeremiah, get him off. And he just kept saying it over and over and over to four kings. Wow. And, And God wanted him placed in the most effective place to communicate that message. We, we need to be effective in how we communicate. With some people, you're going to get across to them by sharing your story. Have, have you ever done this? You ever, you ever said to someone that you know and you, you come to church and you hear, come on, be a witness, you've got to share your faith. And you go, okay, I'm going to do it. And you go to work the next day and you go, excuse me, have you ever heard the four spiritual laws? It's like... No? Would you like to? No? <laughs> but how about this? Having a cup of coffee, tea break, coffee break, whatever, and, and uh, over the conversation goes like this. Did you know I was a Christian? Now what are they going to say? If they say, no, 
then a little bit more work's needed at ground level. Um, if they say, if they say, you know, actually, I, I, I thought you might have been, or if they, or if they, you know, to your great delight, say, yeah, yeah, I did. Here's the next question. This is an effective way to share. It's, it could be an effective way to share. The next question goes like this. Um, would you like to hear the story of how that happened one day? Could I share with you the story of how I became a Christian? What are they going to say? They're going Because you've used a couple of really nice words there. Could I? Share and story. Who, who doesn't want to hear a story? And then if they say, yeah, sure, well, maybe we could meet for coffee after work or whatever and t- take, go to a neutral place and just share the story and do it in three minutes. Life before you came to Christ, one minute, one minute to tell them how you came to Christ and then one minute how your life has changed since coming to Christ. Three minutes. Any longer than that, eh, it's a bit long. Shorter than that, doesn't have the impact. Three minutes. That could be a very effective way. Another effective way could be to give them... A video. I think our bouncing back video is a very powerful video for reaching people who are quite hard. In fact, <laughs> how's this? So does another church. In fact, last week we had a church from New South Wales in Sydney ring up and they'd seen our bouncing back DVD and they said, we want to use this for outreach. We want to buy 100 of them, please. Oh, Oh, okay then. So we shipped up 100 bouncing back DVDs that they're going to give away as outreach. This is another church giving away 100 bouncing back DVDs. And we've got them sitting here. Use them. Give them away. Let people hear the stories of how people went through hell and came out the other side bouncing back. You may find all kinds of ways to effectively share your faith. God called Jeremiah to be effective. And sometimes we confuse being faithful with being stupid. God called Jeremiah to be effective. Here's the other thing. He, 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 he was to declare the word of God in the assembly. It was to be when it was to have the most number of people there, to have the, the biggest impact. So, so Jeremiah was, was called to declare the word to the largest possible audience. Now, I think when we've got the word of God, we've got nothing, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be embarrassed about, but we've got to do it effectively. Do it effectively. And sometimes effectively is to get those that we're sharing with to give you permission to share it. That's why some street preachers kind of rub people the wrong way because they're there, no one asked them to be there, no one invited them to be there, and they're yelling at people that did not invite <laughs> yelling. <laughs> and so... If you can learn to be as subtle as doves and wise as serpents, Jesus said, you can begin to share with a much bigger audience and do it very effectively. And that may simply be that you learn to to use the permission question, which could be, would you like to hear my story about how I became a Christian? And if they say yes, well, how about we meet in this coffee place and have a coffee and I'll I'll share with you. It'll only take a few minutes and I'll I'll share with you. Now's not the right time because we're at work. And I'm very serious there, that you, you've got to respect those work, personal, private boundaries. Okay, the, the next thing here is that Jeremiah was called to declare all of God's word. You can imagine Jeremiah, here he is, and he's got sword, famine, pestilence running through his head. 
You go, well, what if I just mention, I think we'll just go with pestilence today. Don't mention the sword and the famine bit. Because, yeah, just, I'll just tone it down a bit. God says declare it all. What, what if we as a church tell people, look, we suggest to you, if it's convenient, kind of suggesting you might want to try Jesus, how effective are we really being if that's what we do with God's word? And I don't suggest that we stand and thump a family Bible, King James, John Brown, 1711 edition, and go, you know, and yell words like repent with spit coming out of your mouth. But I think we, we do need to somehow figure out that someone says, so you Christians think your Jesus is the only way to heaven. Don't you? You're so arrogant. So let me get this right. You think I'm wrong because I think I'm right. Yeah, that's right. So you think you're right that I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. Because people who think they're right are so arrogant. So are you right about your assessment of me? Yeah, but in a non-arrogant sort of way. (laughs) You see where that can go? You can actually diffuse a lot of that kind of sting and venom by, by helping people to see. But what if there really was one way of salvation? These things can be diffused without making a whole scene, without getting you know, banners and waving them down the street. Apparently, um, you know how I feel about figs, and apparently God really hates figs. But there are some Christians who can't spell figs, and they wave these banners, and, and they're just really embarrassing. Anyway... I think we can be standing for truth without being embarrassing but here's a point some of us like some of the word <laughs> some of us only like some of god's word i heard somebody say once um i just don't get into psalms so i just don't read it oh okay and i've heard people say i just so do not get the book of numbers i just don't read it I just don't get it. And that book of chronic ills, I just so do not get like, what is that, a phone book? I just totally don't get that at all, so I just don't read it. And you hear people talk about, and, and if you ask me what's my favourite Bible verse, my favourite Bible passage, I, I'm, I'm probably going to dance around the question a bit. If you, if you ask me what, what verse, you know, do you have a verse that kind of, has helped you a lot oh yeah i got one of those i've got a couple of those but not favorite it's like come to me and ask which of my children is my favorite well i love all my children and for some christians they like some of the word but not all of the word and i wonder if over the years if we can keep hanging together and we can keep unpacking this that you can learn to love the book of chronic ills and you can, you can learn to love numbers and you can learn that there is some rich stuff in here. And let's not, let's not go, well, I just, I'm not going to read that because I don't like it. And of course, in some churches, they, they are known as a faith church and all they ever preach is faith and you need faith to overcome and, and faith. And they take up, you know, like we, we encourage people around the offering, but like the whole sermon is around the offering. And, and we, we, that's not what we're 
doing. It's not where we're coming from. And one of the things that we've been doing over the last few years is, for those that have noticed, I've kind of been preaching through the whole Bible. We're just not picking and choosing here. So let's go to the next verse. It may be, get this, it may be, and some translations have if they will listen. And it says if, uh, it may be that they will listen and everyone turn from his evil way. Now, last Sunday night we had our Q&A session and one of the questions was, if God is sovereign, if God is in control, how on earth can he, can he hold us to be responsible for our actions if he's in control after all? That's not fair. I mean, I don't have a say in this. Well, clearly you do. Clearly, God thinks you have a say in the choices you make. It may be that they will listen. It may be that they will turn from their evil way. And I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to them because of their evil deeds. It may be. So, <clears throat> Jeremiah has been prophesying to these guys for year after year after year. And he's not the only one, by the way. There's been a few others. And we're going to find this point coming up that, that God had sent to them prophet after prophet after prophet. And yet they weren't listening. They weren't listening. So here's, here's this point. Whether you are reading or hearing God's word, it's your choice whether you're listening or not. I mean, do you, do you, have you made it a daily habit? I hope you have. If you haven't, take it up to read the Bible. Read the Bible every day. And don't just read it, go, tick, done that. That little religious duty is done and dusted. Now I can move on. It's like prayerfully read it so that you can hear what it's saying. Listen to it. This morning, as, as we're sharing, are you prayerfully listening? It may be that they will listen, God said. I mean, they didn't have a choice, but that's not what he's talking about. It may be that they'll receive it, they'll hear it. Verse 4. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord, notice this text, if you will not listen to me to walk in my law that I've set before you. Do you get that? Just a little word, isn't it? If. <laughs> if. God says to people, if you. That sounds like we've got some responsibility for the choices we make. It sounds like we've got some responsibility for the decisions we take. It sounds like we've got a say in how we live our life. Therefore, one of the greatest gifts God has given each one of us is the gift of choice. Joshua stands before the people, having uh, conquered the land, and he says this, if you and he calls the people to choose if you will choose to serve the lord your god this day but as for me and my household we will serve the lord but it's an if if some people think that because their parents made a choice their choice is made no it's not god doesn't have grandchildren god only has children one of the most dangerous places a church can end up is when you've got a whole bunch of second and third generation churchgoers in church instead of being first generation sons and daughters of God. 
because they hear, but they haven't translated the if into an I will. I will. If you will hear, I will hear God. Speak to me. Help me to follow you. Turn your if into an I will. You see, one of the reasons why people don't choose to follow God is because the Bible says the devil has blinded every person on the planet. The devil has enslaved every person on the planet with sin. And Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And that, that is an if statement. If you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. You can choose. You see, without Jesus, you're a slave. You're a slave to sin. You are plugged into the matrix. You don't even know it. You need to take the red pill, to use matrix terminology, representing the blood of Christ to be set free. You can choose to be judged by saying, no, thank you, God. If I receive your forgiveness, I can escape judgment. Then no, I will not receive your forgiveness. Or you could say, I, I accept your offer of forgiveness. God, I want you to have your way in my life. So therefore, you can choose to be set free. You can choose to have Jesus set you free. Verses 5 and 6. And to listen to the words of my servant, my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house into Shiloh. And that goes back to chapter 7, where he actually unpacks this prophecy this is a summary of chapter 7 and i will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth now all of that was avoidable because that one little word in verse 4 if and their response to that offer was get lost jeremiah we will not listen to you now why did they respond like that probably Here's a kid telling them for a start. Who wants a kid telling them what to do? But I reckon God selectively chose Jeremiah to highlight what was in their heart. What is it in someone's heart when they go, I will not? That's pride. Often it's pride. Well, it is in my heart. I don't know about yours, but it's certainly in mine it's pride. And pride, Jesus Jesus sort of nailed that one to the cross and james his his brother picks this up and says god gives grace to the humble but resists the proud therefore if you want to walk with god you you translate that if if you will receive my forgiveness if you will receive my son if you allow my spirit to have his way in your life i'll set you free you will avoid judgment You will become my son, my daughter. You will live forever with me in in heaven. You will enjoy everything that's mine if you receive what I'm offering. If. To receive that, it takes humility. Don't walk out of here with your pride intact. Please, walk out of here with your pride a little bit crucified. A little bit surrendered a little bit 
of an if that translates into God, you're calling me to humble myself and to receive what you're offering me. I don't know if I can do it. That's why God offers to empower your if. (laughs) He wants to help you. That's what grace is about. You see, grace can work with, but I can't. There's not much grace can do when the response is, I won't. So maybe your response today is, God, I want you to have your way in my life. I hope every Christian prays this. It's the way to avoid becoming stale in your walk with God. It's the way to avoid becoming stagnant. It's the way to avoid just becoming stale and not growing. Is to say, God, if there's anything in my life that you don't want, please come and help me to change. I receive your grace. Please. I don't know if I can make the changes that you want, but God, I can't do it without you. Please come and help. God wants to empower your if. You see, if you say, I won't let you have your way in my life, then that's, that's a clash of wills. And if you will open your will, if, you're, if you will open your heart to God, you can enjoy his peace. I deal with people who don't have any peace. I deal with people who can't sleep at night, not because they've got caffeine in their system, but because they've got guilt in their soul. I deal with people who are narky and edgy and bitter toward people, not because of a chemical imbalance, but because of unforgiveness that has gripped their spirit. I deal with people that feel like God has let them down, not because they've surrendered to him, but because they haven't. And if you'll open your heart to God, if you will open your heart to God and allow him to have his way in your life, you can enjoy peace. And with peace, there's tremendous blessing. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer. This is a prayer of surrender. And it goes something like this and this is not just for people who've never prayed this prayer i pray this prayer i pray this prayer and it goes like this god please forgive me of my sins come and live in me help me to live for you i thank you that you sent your son jesus to die on the cross in my place i want him to be lord and savior of my life teach me what i need to know And help me to share with others what I now know. Amen. Father, I pray that each of our hearts will be open to you, for you to have your way. Oh God, have your way in my life and in the life of every person here. Now, Holy Spirit, seal your word. Confirm your word with signs and wonders. Let there be healing both in body, in mind and in soul, I pray. Amen. If can change everything if we listen to god we can be set free if we do not listen we will be separated from him more from dr corbett next week 
podcasts and Finding Truth Matters resources, including tonight's program, If Can Change Everything, are available via the website, findingtruthmatters.org, or by contacting us at Lagana Media, PO Box 1143, Lagana, Tasmania, 7277. Dr Corbett is pastor of the Lagana Christian Church and president of the ICI Theological College Australia. We look forward to joining you again at the same time next week for another Finding Truth Matters.